Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a new part of the Bluetooth standard, the ESL electronic shelf label standards. We'll get into a little bit of the technology. Some really cool use cases and we'll tie it all back to Ambient IoT. Uh, Bluetooth is really everywhere. And I think with the growth of ESL, then there'll be even more Bluetooth, more signals, more connectivity. I'm really pleased we got to talk to Kayla Myro, who is a, a very knowledgeable uh, member of that, uh, that team and just one of quite a few uh, members of the Bluetooth SIG that we've had on the show. If you want to go back into the archives and uh, we've had interviews with Mark Powell about uh, the, the Bluetooth SIG as an organization, uh, we've been uh, talking to them uh, about a variety of other topics, including uh, mesh and the qualification process. So check those out. But now let's talk with Kayla. The Mr. Beacon Ambient IoT podcast is sponsored by Williot, bringing intelligence to every single thing. One of my favorite show types that we have on Mr. Beacon is when we get to talk to people at the Bluetooth SIG who are at the center of the standards that make beacons and IoT and ambient IoT possible. So I am really pleased, Kayla, to have you on the show. Um, welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. Thank you for having me, Steve. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Well, we're going to be talking about ESLs, which are electronic shelf labels. And um, it's a really interesting subject. It's interesting to me because it's ESLs are changing the way retail works. It's, uh, I think, quite an advanced phenomenon uh, in other parts of the world. It's something that's emerging, uh, so very topical here in the United States. And it has significance, significance to this show because it uses kind of low-level beaconing. Um, so we're on the Mr. Beacon podcast. Beacons are a part of the way ESLs have been implemented. And you're going to tell us a bit about the, the technical side. But, um, you know, probably even more interesting is what this means from a, a business perspective. And of course, we have this focus on ambient IoT. And so the prospect of having thousands more Bluetooth devices that are um, generating energy, uh, listening, broadcasting, uh, receiving, that's all part of the ambient ecosystem. So uh, this is a great topic, but 
tell us uh, tell us a bit about what's happening with ESLs and the and the Bluetooth SIG. Is this a a new standard, a new part of the standard? How would you you, you describe Bluetooth ESL? Absolutely. Um, well, in early 2023, Bluetooth SIG, we released the standard 5.4, which really introduced the support for bi-directional, large-scale, and of course, one-to-many networking. And that was driven really by the needs of standardization in this electronic shelf label market. Uh, Bluetooth, as you mentioned, of course, is a low-power networking capability, which really opens up new opportunities for other markets as well, including, of course, shelf sensors, uh, manufacturing and logistics, asset monitoring, and of course, agricultural use cases as well. So it's not just about uh, uh, retail. Um, why uh, Bluetooth? Because um, uh, not all electronic shelf labels use uh, Bluetooth. What's the case for including this in the standard? Well, the the arrival of the Bluetooth ESL standard has incredible benefits for the ESL market. Um, the, the Bluetooth ESL standard itself is secure, it's scalable, it's interoperable technology solution for ESLs, which really does open up the opportunities for uh, economies of scale, of course, innovation, but also future-proofing to really lay a foundation um, for additional retailer warehousing problems to be solved. And that, of course, naturally unlocks some further ROI. But also the Bluetooth ESL standard really does streamline deployment and unlocks that high scalability plus multi-use infrastructure with other Bluetooth-based uh, devices in those connected stores and warehouses. Uh, ad additionally, though, in, in relation to retail and shopping experiences, the, the trusted consumer for brand familiarity with Bluetooth and customers, we're hoping will also speed up the general adoption of ESLs, which will, of course, unlock some new shopping benefits down the road uh, with integration into customers and their own personal devices while ensuring that security is always present. So where are we in the adoption of ESLs? I, I I think I've seen more of them in uh, Europe than in the U.S. Um, do you give, it, give us a sense of the, the market size, the market opportunity, and um, how that's rolling out uh, globally, why, why the U.S. Is, uh, is behind. We seem advanced in so many things, but we also have a tendency to be laggards in others. So uh, what's, what's going on here? Well, I'll talk a little bit about what adoption's like and what it's expected to be first, and then we can talk a little bit more about the market itself. Uh, you know, recently the Bluetooth Sync collaborated uh, with ABI Research to publish an ESL market research note uh, to really outline adoption today and, of course, the forecast for adoption in the future. But we're looking at this with the lens of there are tens of billions of labels globally that have the potential to be replaced with electronic shelf labels which ultimately represents an enormous addressable market. Um, the last 24 months specifically have seen rapid acceleration of ESL deployments uh, here in North America specifically, but also Europe. Uh, you know, we're seeing strong, often record unit and revenue growth um, from leading ESL vendors. But as we see more Bluetooth SIG member companies submit their ESL products for qualification, this is really validating our adoption expectation of the Bluetooth ESL standard to help assist in growing that market from tens of millions to hundreds of millions of Bluetooth-based ESLs in 2028. 
And what are the retail categories where you're seeing the fastest adoption? Um, well, with the use cases, of course, ESL use cases can really be applied across multiple verticals. Uh, specifically for retail, we're seeing it for pricing, uh, inventory control, promotional, and of course, enhancing those customer shopping experiences. Um, I can speak to warehousing and logistics. We're, we're seeing use cases surrounding paperless processes, order picking, uh, inventory management, and of course, automation of replenishment of that as well. Uh, I do want to mention also, we're seeing use cases of ESL across smart buildings, hospitality, uh, healthcare, and ESLs have really been traditionally used for displaying information in those use cases for room bookings, uh, menus and restaurants, and the, in the healthcare space, uh, information on patients, even art automated pharmacy and medication management as well. Wow, that's a lot. Um, it would be great just to drill down into a few of those um, uh, use cases and bring them to life. I don't know which ones you feel like are the richest ones to go into, but let, let's um, start with retail. And, uh, you know, my, um, you know, I, I think simplistically, I'm just thinking about the fact that, oh, you've got an electronic shelf label. You can have a bit more information about the product that helps you sell them and you have a bit more flexibility, flexibility in terms of pricing. But can you Tell us a bit more about why there is this traction and momentum in retail. Absolutely. So when we were looking at creating a standard for the electronic shelf label market, what we were receiving was actually a demand from large retailers specifically asking for standardization of ESL technology because they're looking to you know be on the receiving end of simple to deploy, low cost, low power, interoperable, highly secure, but also future-proof ESL solutions that are available from multiple vendors and are capable of delivering on multiple use cases uh, within retail. Uh, and of course, you know, one technology that's delivered the standard based approach to ESL and the smart retail market is Bluetooth specifically with our latest ESL standard. What is the architecture of an ESL uh, deployment in, in a retail store. Obviously, I have the actual um, displays that are on the on the shelf, but what else is required to make all this work? I'm, I'm really glad that you asked that because we're talking about beacons, we're talking about sensors, we're talking about electronic shelf labels. But in terms of deployments, these labels typically integrate with Bluetooth modules to establish the wireless communication with the backend systems with smartphones or other Bluetooth enabled devices. And then the data that's captured in these deployments use, you know, really enable that real time updating and uh, the display of pricing information, product information, promotions, and then, of course, other relevant uh, content on the ESLs themselves. So what are the, I imagine you have the label and you have some kind of uh, infrastructure that's feeding the, uh, the data to the labels. Um, is the gateway to the cloud uh, a Wi-Fi access point with a Bluetooth um, uh, radio in it? Or what's, what's the, the flow of the data to the ESL? That gateway is definitely a key component in the architecture of a deployment. Um, absolutely using the infrastructure that's already in place is beneficial for a lot of these ESL customers. 
Um, however, if they were not, uh, if they did not have an existing infrastructure, maybe they're building out new stores or rolling them out for the very first time, they could really customize that deployment to look like really whatever they need it to be, but they would have to connect with a gateway, um, you know, that's communicating the information that they're hoping to uh, display on those electronic shelf labels. And um, the labels themselves, um, are they generally powered by batteries or are they harvesting their energy wirelessly? How does, where do they get their power from? Well, for the, you know, electronic shelf labels, as you mentioned, they've been around for quite some time, close to two decades. They very traditionally have had uh, coin cell batteries located in them, whether it's one uh, single battery, we're seeing more versions of electronic shelf labels, newer generations, current generations that are deployed have two coin cell batteries in them for longer battery life. But there is absolutely a demand for batteryless electronic shelf devices. Um, it really opening up that opportunity for Bluetooth-based power harvesting IoT solutions as well. That's cool. Um, and what was it that had to be done to take the vanilla uh, Bluetooth protocol and turn it into something that could work with uh, ESLs? That's an excellent question, Steve. It took many years uh, internally, but also making sure that our Bluetooth SIG members were a key part of the specification development. Um, that was an absolute necessary step for us to get that standard uh, built because we had to understand the market, how they were building the electronic shelf labels themselves, the manufacturers, what the retailers were asking for. And so we, you know, created the Bluetooth uh, specification 5.4, as well as profiles and services that make it much easier for these uh, developers and manufacturers to actually adopt the standard itself. And I, I saw an acronym in uh, on, the, on the website, uh, which had my head spinning a bit. Uh, maybe you can demystify it. Periodic Advertising with, re with Responses, P-A-W, <laughs> small w, R, big R. W what is that? <laughs> Thank you for asking, Steve. It definitely is a bit of a mouthful. P-A-W-R, Periodic Advertising with Responses. Um, as well as encrypted advertising data. These are two features that really large scale and secure these networking opportunities. But with PWR, we've defined the method to deliver a response to the advertising commands from a central device while keeping the model of supporting thousands of nodes or electronic shelf labels through those advertising channels specifically. Um, I, I mentioned the electronic shelf label services and profiles that we included in that standard, and we released that alongside the standard to help create interoperability, uh, really taking advantage of the benefits of the new 5.4 features. But of course, you know, all the specific details and functionalities uh, are well defined within the Bluetooth SIG specification. Very Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in this because um, on the Williot side, we make these tiny postage stamp sized um, uh, tags. Uh, we design the silicon, actually other people manufacture them. Uh, but I'm really excited by the prospect of more nodes in the Bluetooth network in stores, which can potentially provide energy for ambient IoT tags uh, and also can um, uh, read the tags with a lot of locality. If I've got like um, thousands of uh, Bluetooth devices that could potentially read and relay the signals coming from tags that are on assets, then uh, this is a great way to localize um, uh, and understand where inventory is, as well as display the price of the inventory and uh, display uh, um, information that's going to empower people with... uh, uh, the information they need to make purchasing decisions and so forth. So that's why we're excited. What what do you think the implications are of the deployment of these tags? How is it going to change the way uh, businesses are run? That's a really wonderful question, Steve. You know, and when we're talking a little bit, I want to circle this back actually to what you mentioned about how ESL adoption could relate to IoT more broadly, really. Yes. Um, by leveraging Bluetooth technology, not only can the infrastructure be used to enable ESLs, but at the same time, that infrastructure can accommodate multiple Bluetooth use cases, which includes the wireless sensor networks that we're discussing, beacons, proximity services, uh, which helps with asset and personnel tracking. Uh, connecting to point of sale connectivity as well, um, plus lighting and building controls amongst many others, but alongside the growing adoption of Bluetooth-based DSLs devices, uh, the the SIG, we expect exponential growth of these radios, these readers, these sensors, and everything in between as we see more stores shift from that traditional brick-and-mortar shopping experience to a connected, frictionless retail environment. You know, we're in this um, interesting business with IoT. It's sort of a fashion business. We get excited about certain things, but you also have to deal with the cynics who are like, it's never going to work. And uh, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, how, how would you respond to someone that's like, yeah, uh, this probably there's a bunch of proprietary implementations. What, why do you think Bluetooth will be successful here? What are are the reasons for optimism about this particular standard? Well, a few reasons why we believe it'll be successful is because Bluetooth electronic shelf labels really revolutionize connectivity, analytics, integration, and efficiencies across the multiple industries that we've discussed. But really the most notable benefit for retailers is that multi-vendor interoperability piece. Uh, So establishing a global ESL standard allows for retailers to confidently source uh, components from multiple vendors, of course. And so Bluetooth ESL does provide a secure standardized solution, which minimizes barriers to adoption 
and can help create that frictionless ESL ecosystem. At the same time, Bluetooth electronic shelf developers benefit from those lower costs and faster innovation uh, due to the economies of scale that they earn from adopting the Bluetooth ESL standard, which leads to increased supplier diversity and attractive component pricing, while a standardized wireless communication approach allows developers to really focus on those value-added features uh, for both the businesses and the customers. Is there any synergy between um, the ESL devices running on Bluetooth and the pervasiveness of Bluetooth in phones? You, I think you mentioned the phone, but I, I, I didn't quite understand what the role of phones might be with ESLs. Really, the only connection would be um, the shopper's experience. As they're shopping through the store, maybe they're doing pick finding on their own in the aisles of the retail store. Just that consumer familiarity with Bluetooth, we're very much uh, confident that the consumer familiarity of Bluetooth with these shoppers would help them adopt and, and maybe not be so afraid of this new technology that they'll be seeing in stores. Okay. And... Um, I'd love to just uh, wrap up with um, a few more um, digressions into other areas outside of retail. So where do you see some of the biggest opportunities outside of retail? And let's just spend a bit more time on those use cases. Like healthcare, it seems to be like the, the bountiful market for almost every uh, technical innovation. How should we expect to see ESLs in hospitals and uh, clinics and other uh, healthcare environments? Um, well, at first, we have some proven uh, deployments in healthcare, really just using electronic shelf labels as a replacement for digital signage as one way. So this could display patient information, uh, room reservations. Of course, on the staff side, it could be displaying shift uh, locations of where the, uh, the actual associate might need to be. Uh, we're also seeing, of course, manufacturers um, use this in, in, in warehousing and logistics as well. Um, but going back to hospitals and the healthcare side, there is a huge benefit for being able to track the inventory, the expiration date, the inventory levels, and automate replenishment around pharmaceuticals and, medical, and, uh, and, and you know, medication. Yeah, anything that that streamlines, reduces errors, adds more efficiency to healthcare is something that I think we uh, we need. Oh, well, Kayla, thanks so much. Uh, I um, really knew nothing about this area, and so I feel like I just got a bit smarter thanks to you. I uh, appreciate the uh, uh, the chance to talk to you about this. Oh, anytime, Steve. Anytime for you and for Willia, of course. Wonderful. Well, this isn't the end of our discussion. We have another chapter in the episode where I get a chance to speak to Kayla about her background, her path into uh, into the Bluetooth SIG, and of course, her uh, music choice, which I thought was amazing. So please stay with us for that. Thanks, Steve. Kayla, how did you end up doing the job that you do? It's a pretty unusual job. I can't imagine when you were growing up that you thought, I'm going to work for the Bluetooth SIG. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it actually did not cross my mind. It was a surprise to me. Uh, I studied social psychology and I had a deep curiosity about the relationships between humans and technology. 
And so throughout my career, I've always advocated for, you know, connected networks that really transform our relationships with humans and technology in, in a positive way. And so when the opportunity arose to join the SIG, I was, of course, very excited. Um, but it was when I met that wonderful team that really convinced me that this is somewhere I was meant to be. And so ultimately, really, my goal at the SIG is to explore, of course, the existing use cases, uh, but find new innovative ways that Bluetooth could be leveraged to really transform our day-to-day -day lives. And how did you get the job? Because, you know, I, I have kids, I worry, how are they ever going to get a job? And uh, <laughs> uh, the Bluetooth SIG, I think, is a great organization. It's a very successful organization, um, but it's like... Um, it's not like there's a million opportunities there. How do you? How did you get the job? Yeah, great question. It was it was a bit of a surprise. I was very comfortable in my previous role. I actually wasn't looking. Um, I had a wonderful recruiter reach out to me and express to me all the things that the Bluetooth SIG really was looking for. And there was some overlap with you know my social psychology, having that research background but also some of my experiences that I had across uh, Apple devices and those networks, of course, have some experience in Wi-Fi security and virtualization clients. And so it felt almost uh, like a pinch me moment when I had the Bluetooth SIG recruiter in my in my inbox. And I said, hey, you know, it's always a conversation until it isn't. So I was happy to have that conversation and learning what they were looking for and what they needed. It, it felt like a very natural fit. I can tell. Um, okay. So now the toughest question of the uh, interview, what are the three songs that have the most meaning for you and why? Oh, Steve, I thought about this for probably three or four days this week alone. <laughs> uh, I won't say that I was losing sleep over it, but I was definitely stressing a bit. Uh, but I, I came down to three songs that I love. And the first one is going to be One More Time by Daft Punk. This is a song that was released in the year 2000, um, and it's really a song uh, about Y2K and celebrating a new day. But simply, if that song is on, it just makes me happy. I, I love that choice, and I've got at least one of their albums that I on vinyl, which I, I love playing. It sounds amazing. The production is just incredible. Um, okay, that makes sense. And what's your next choice? Yeah, the second one is a bit of a sentimental one for me. It's going to be September by Earth, Wind & Fire. Uh, this song is actually inspired by my wedding date, and I was married on September 21st to my wonderful partner, Patrick. Oh, I, you know, I saw them like last month. They came to San Diego, and oh. it was incredible. They played at the Rady Shell, which is this beautiful outdoor uh, kind of amphitheater on the bay, and... They had the full horns, everything. It was amazing. So I'm with you there as well. <laughs> I, I Thank you. I've, I'm lucky to have seen them as well. Unfortunately, it was last year. I haven't had a chance to see them more recently. Um, but again, like you mentioned, the whole band being up there, it's a ton of fun to see them live. They've still got it. And what's number three? All right. The third one is, first and foremost, I am a massive Star Wars fan, so I had to sneak sneak one in here. So I decided to go with the Princess Leia's theme from John Williams and, of course, the London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, the reason why I really chose this song is because it's a song that really embodies hope, which is the general theme of Star Wars, but also 
It has a beautiful contrast to some of the more famous songs from Star Wars, such as the Imperial March or the Cantina song. Um, but, you know, I remember hearing it for the first time and it's just resonated with me all over all these years after hearing it from the first time. I love that you love Star Wars. That's like, I just feel like if you're working at the Bluetooth SIG, for some reason, you've got to be a Star Wars fan <laughs> and uh, find myself making all this stuff about me as well as our guest. But uh, I um, at the, the, the San Diego Symphony. The Rady Shell, that's their, like their home venue. Um, and they played along to episode four um, and they played that theme song. And I was almost in tears. It was amazing. It was just so good. So good. Yeah, definitely <laughs> a winner. It's one that'll just last through all the years. It has, I don't think, um, that theme song, at least Princess Leia's theme song, uh, is going anywhere anytime soon. It really is a beautiful song. <laughs> I was I was flying back from Israel and I was my seatmate was watching Family Guy's rendition of Star Wars throughout <laughs> most of the time I was awake and that was uh, uh, that was another uh, amazing spin-off of Star Wars that I'm a big fan of. Very good. Well, I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Kayla. That was great. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. <laughs> well, Kayla. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been great fun, educational, uh, and uh, I, I loved your song choices. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Kayla from the Bluetooth SIG. I think uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting area. Bluetooth is such a, an amazing standard. It's uh, very simple in some respects, but multifaceted in others. So I'm pleased that we got a chance to dive into this particular area. And I'm really pleased that you stayed with us to the end. So thank you for that. Thank you to Aaron Hammock for uh, piecing the, the pieces together, editing the episode, producing it, and, and uh, getting it out so that you can enjoy us. Please uh, do uh, stick with us and uh, let me know if there's any uh, particular subjects that you'd like us to, uh, to cover. Thanks for listening to the ads. Uh, all of the revenue comes from those, uh, goes to the Monarch School for uh, kids from homeless families. Whilst I'm working at Williard, it doesn't seem right to be uh, banking that. So uh, we pass 100% of that, of that uh, revenue on to that good cause, which I recommend you check out if you want to support another uh, deserving cause. So once again, thanks for joining us and see you next time.